Welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I'm your host, Dean Zarball. Today's show is sponsored by House of Helga. Are you a brewery looking for some vibrant, stunning artwork to slap on that freshly bottled or canned beer? Contact House of Helga for all your design needs. They've worked with Masthead, Streetside, and yours truly here at the Taproom Exclusive. You can check out Kyla's entire portfolio of incredible work at houseohelga.com. Also, be sure to check out House of Helga's Facebook page and purchase a House of Helga t-shirt. The cost of school supplies are at an all-time high. A recent survey from the National Center for Education Statistics found that 94% of public school teachers pay for classroom supplies. In the greater Columbus area, Operation Backpack works to offset this by donating backpacks and school supplies to 25 schools across Franklin and Licking counties. Profits from the House of Helga t-shirt sales will go towards Operation Backpack to help a local child in need with supplies for the upcoming school year. Do your part to help those in need by going to facebook.com slash House of Helga Design Studio and pick up your shirt today. On today's show, I chat with Basque Brewery's brewer Chris Camboris over their tasty Big Bottom Berliner Weiss, but first a taste of what's going on in the craft beer world with this week's Tasting Glass, brought to you by Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News. Masthead announced via their Facebook page last week that they have installed two 60-barrel fermenters and one 60-barrel bright tank in their brewery, so you can expect some more tasty Masthead brews coming at you in the future. You can keep up to date with all things Masthead at facebook.com slash mastheadbrewingco. It's almost time for Beer Women Rock 2019. Join Beer Women Rock at Jukebox on July 27th from 2 p.m. until 6 p.m. to raise money for our friends and neighbors at Drink Local Drink Tap and win some awesome raffle prizes at the same time. If you can't make it out to the event but still want to donate, you can find the link at facebook.com slash jukeboxcle. Be sure to get your tickets to Brewfest Waterfront District 6 taking place at Black River Landing in Lorraine on Saturday, August 10th. VIP tickets are only on sale until July 28th, so grab yours before they're gone. VIP tickets come with a sample glass, 15 four-ounce samples, an exclusive sample from Franklin Brewing Company, food from Smash the World's Greatest Food Truck, an exclusive American Apparel Brewfest t-shirt, a Brewfest drawstring bag to collect your goodies from the event, and your own private air-conditioned area with private restrooms. VIP tickets are limited to 100 tickets at brewfestwd.com. General admission tickets are also available. Log on and get yours now. I will be at Brewfest this year broadcasting live, so stop by and say hi. All right, my interview with Chris Camboris, brewer for Bascule Brewery and Public House in Lorain, Ohio, is up next after this tune, When All You Have Is Doubt, by Steve Wright. Thank you. 
to the Tap Room exclusive. I'm Dean Zarbaugh. I'm here at Bascule Brewery with Chris Camboris. We have moved on to the big bottom Berliner Weiss. <laughs> Tell the people, we got into a little bit about it uh, in, in the earlier episodes. Tell the people a little bit about this style and how you came to brew it. So the big bottom Berliner Weiss, well, let's start with what a Berliner Weiss is. It's a kettle soured uh, ale with, uh, with a, a little bit of a wheat thrown into the grain bill to uh, add kind of like a, a freshness uh, to to the flavor profile, but um, where we got the inspiration for Big Bottom Berliner Weiss, uh, initially we were going to brew this beer um, using 100% maple water. We were going to try to um, uh, uh, share some of the uh, spotlight with this beer with um, uh, the Metro Parks, which is something we, we attempted to do in the beginning, but at the scale that we're doing it at, it's it's literally... You know, if we want to share the proceeds of this beer sale, it's like we're, we're literally like throwing them like 30, 40 bucks. It's oh, wow. it's like a, you know, not not much. So we're gonna we're gonna revisit that as the thing uh, gains more, or I'm sorry, as as we grow in scale. But Big Bottom Berliner Weiss, the the name or the inspiration behind the name is the area where French Creek and Black River connect. Okay. Um, that area was once known as Big Bottom. Uh, some of the earliest settlers that came across here uh, found this this big deep ravine, and it was a real challenge to get across it. Uh, and uh, what the, what was actually special about this about this region is almost the fertile crescent of Lorraine County. Oh, nice! Uh, the Native Americans uh, were using it to grow all kinds of fruit groves, uh, all kinds of maple groves. Um, you know, it was it was just a real real lush region. Now, if you drive past it, it's it's covered in uh, slag. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't want to knock the steel industry. I don't want to, you know, say that it was a black eye. I mean, obviously, um, you know, it's done a lot for this region. Right. But, you know, um, I want people to recognize the fact that Lorraine and Lorraine County is more than just industry uh, in, in that regard. Um you know, there, there's a beautiful geographic, you know, um, asset to it. And so so Big Bottom was a way to pay homage to that. You know, it, it's all about, with Basketball Brewery, it's all about trying to see the the other side of the coin with Lorraine. It's it's about trying to see the, the other potential. Um, sometimes almost like an alternate universe, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... it's like if, What if? What if? What, what if, it w- instead of steel mills, you know, instead we focused on our, our small trades... Um, so, uh, you know, like, like the, the agricultural aspect of it, um, because I, I think it does a city good to do that because Absolutely. look, cause look at what happens, you know, you, you, you have the steel mills that, that just take over everything and then vanish and it leaves this void, this vacuum and, and leaves everyone kind of wondering what do we do next? So the inspiration behind Big Bottom Berliner Vice was to, to really focus the attention on the fact that there's more to Lorraine than just uh, you know, big industry. And uh, so sours are a really big up and coming category right now. And <clears throat> what was it about making it a sour that you wanted that made it, that was the inspiration for the sour side of it. Cause 
that it seems to me that's a that's a really hard style to make, and I could be wrong. I'm I'm not you. I don't know how to brew beer whatsoever. But what what are some of the challenges to to brewing that style? And um, what was it that that made you decide? Hey, this is actually going to be a Berliner Weiss specifically. You know, um, I, I'd have to go back in the addles of my mind to to remember what how that happened. Uh, I think it may have just had to do with the fact that we were just scouring through some Lorraine history and we discovered, you know, okay, my God, this this region called Big Bottom and, um, you know, just wor- Fred is a, is a wordsmith and, and, and he likes to play with, with words a lot. And, you know, when you think of a region like Big Bottom, we were going through through their beer styles that start with B and, you know, uh, Berliner Weiss came up and I it just, it just kind of like started to make sense. Um, we, as I said, we initially wanted to use 100% maple water for that, um, but uh, as far as the Berliner Weiss goes, I was just—it's like, wow, I've never done that before. We kind of need one. It's a perfect time of year to do it because when you look at when maple trees start to produce their maple sap, it's actually, as opposed to popular belief, it's not in the fall. Um, it's uh, it's actually in the spring. Um, you know, when 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 uh, winter is finally starting to subside, and and the trees are starting to bolster themselves with all this nutrition and, and fluid, uh, that's actually when the maple runs. So, um, yeah. Uh, as far as a sour goes, um, it's it's a particular type of sour. It's not, uh, you know, um, it's not like a uh, uh, one of these real long aged sours. It's a kettle right. sour. It allows us to 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 achieve that nice uh, succulent, uh, refreshing tartness that that draws people in for a sour without having to wait two years for it to age in a barrel in the corner of your brewery somewhere. Right, and that's gotta you know that you can't at a brewery your size you can't really do that. Yeah, I mean I, th- I feel like we have enough to trip over right now on the skill that we're at. So right. yeah, it, it wouldn't be really practical for that. Um, it's a fun process to do. Um, a kettle sour is the equivalent to a sourdough bread. Uh, so if, if you're f- even vaguely familiar with how bread baking works, you know, you're going to add your flour, your water, a little bit of sugar, some oil, toss your yeast in. You know, two hours later, you've got dough. You could, you could bake that, flatten it out. Uh, I'm sorry, flatten it out and then bake it and then, you know, turn it into pizza, whatever you like. Yeah. A sourdough is a little more art, 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 artisanal. It's... Um, uh, you would you would allow wild yeast uh, to to inoculate that bread to to start to uh, raise the bread and um, and it, it it produces kind of a tart profile. Bread and beer are very similar, so all we're doing is just allowing uh, a very particular strain of, of bacteria uh, as well as yeast to do the job of, of 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 bringing this tart, refreshing flavor to the beer. And that. Listening to you talk about all this stuff, it, it it amazes me the the amount of work that you guys do to make this stuff. Uh, people who are on the outside don't always necessarily know the amount the amount of effort and stuff it goes into to get all these these styles down and to get them balanced and stuff. Is has have you found it difficult more difficult to balance the flavors in a sour versus a quote unquote uh, non sour? Actually, no. Uh, sa- sours, I mean, you, you touch upon a very interesting point. Um, we definitely, um, when it comes to the, the beer and we, we, we make and how we make it, there 
the beer that gets placed in front of you is only 50% of the experience. The rest of it is being able to share the story of how that, that, that beer came about, what went into it, um, giving the drinker the opportunity to inquire about it. Um, you know, you watch all these all these travel shows, you watch all these cooking shows, and, and you hear these guys talk about all the, you know, most mundane little details that went into making something. And, and right. you know, we go to the store, we buy our Oscar Mayer salami, and it's like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. But you go to, you know, someplace in Little Italy where the, you see the meat aging for 45 days, right. and there's all these little nuances, and it brings out a nutty flavor. And, and, you know, we had to keep the climate. And then when you eat that, you, 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 you're not only digesting that food, you're digesting everything that went into that food. And so, yes, I make my beer uh, as approachable for the person who just wants to come in and just enjoy the beer without really thinking too much into it. At the same time, though, I want to provide a product that allows you to dig deeper. If you want to scratch beneath the surface, I have an answer for you. Right. And, and I find... You know, I, I'm trying to produce something that I would want to seek out. So I, I, there's a lot of restaurants I go to or, or, or bars that I go to, and I'll ask someone, Whoa, tell me more about this. And there's no answer. And I'm like, well, that's, thanks a lot. That was, that yeah. was, that was, so. You, you could have made a sale. Yeah, you, you know. So, I mean, I'm still going to enjoy it, but, right. you know, it would have been just that much better. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, a lot of work goes into it. But if you're speaking about Berliner Weiss in, as, as how uh, difficult or easy it is to, to play with as a, as, a, as, a, as a style, oh my God, the reason why I do it is because it's so versatile. Um, acidity gives you so much more of a playing field with flavors. Um, you know, think of any favorite fruit, any favorite candy, any favorite gum you've ever chewed in your life. Mm-hmm. There has to be a level of acidity to make the rest of the flavors sing. And that's the versatility I get with a Berliner Weiss. I can make a Berliner Weiss taste like your favorite wine. I can make it taste like your favorite seltzer, your favorite mixed drink, your favorite wow. daiquiri, margarita. Um, you know, uh, my favorite right now is, is, is playing with mint. People love our brujitos. Interesting. <laughs> so I can go on and on with yeah. that. Like that, you hear mint. And you, I've had a couple beers with like certain hot, like these new experimental hops and stuff that are supposed to give off like more like mint flavors or whatever. And I hear that, and you're like, mm, maybe not necessarily in a beer, but then you try it, and you're like, oh my god, that's yeah, amazing. A lot of people have a problem um, when they come initially, especially the non-beer drinkers that say, well, you know, I just don't like beer. When you have a bit of a foodie approach to beer. And understand the components that you're working with. You know, you, you know, you can ask someone a simple question as much as you know. Well, do you like Coke? Right, Coca-Cola. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like Coca-Cola is nothing but caramel flavoring mixed with citric acid. You know, you like beer. If you right. like Coca-Cola, you like beer because because you're dealing with a little bit of acidity. You're dealing with a little bit of sweetness and and, and, and caramel flavoring and some carbonation. Um, you know, it's it's all it all gets down to, and I'm not by any means a you know very scientifically uh geared person but uh, uh but i can appreciate it um and and that's the great thing about berliner weiss is acids uh really really they they just open up uh your your uh your your arsenal so to speak as far as flavors go absolutely and that's been kind of the fun part for me in doing this is Starting starting out, I would never have thought to even maybe try a sour. Mm-hmm. That's just my own 
preconceptions with it. And at the time, my palate wasn't as fully formed as it, as it is now. And mm-hmm. again, you know, I'm still it's still I'm still learning. I'm still forming my palate, but as you should be, it always changes. So, but I found now, as I've progressed and giving it more of that foodie aspect of trying to expand what I'm used to, craft beers not only help give me new beers, but also give me new foods that I would yes, never have tried. Exactly. Now I'm looking at food a different way. I'm more looking at it like like beer, right? And vice versa, and so I'm, it's helping me open my eyes and open my palate to a whole new set of everything. Right, which is which is why you won't find skinny beer lovers. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nor should you. Right. Although you do pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, it's it's that's um, that's very true. Uh, beer is you hit the nail on the head you know there there's no more intimate experience that you're ever going to have than than sitting down to a, a a fine meal that someone has thoughtfully prepared for you uh you know and and, and when you have a beverage to complement that it just becomes an augmentation of that meal and um and and so yeah i i try to look very much when i'm when i'm brewing something how how does this um how, how does this play into into a culinary experience um and 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 yeah you know like like i said the the, the berliner weiss is just it, you know you, you have your you have your elements of of what makes good flavor you have your acid you have your salt you know you have your bitterness you have your sweetness um you know and all of those things combine to form that that quote unquote umami character right. um so yeah i mean why why limit yourself um and, and a Berliner Weiss is just a fun way to do that. It's you know if if you would ever sprinkle vinegar on your fries, if you would ever squirt some lemon on your on your calamari, you would enjoy a Berliner Weiss. And that's a great way to put it, is because people hear the style or they hear that it, maybe it's in the sour category. They already have a preconceived they have a preconceived notion yeah. of what it's going to be, but to hear it described more like that, that's something that can really get somebody into maybe trying it. And I think that's that's all about explaining to the person properly about what the beer is well that 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 uh, that opens up a whole other can of worms you know um i'm a i'm a big advocate of you know you for me as as a brewer my i've always said this whether i was working for another brewery or whether i'm working for myself um brewing the beer is only 50 percent of my job you need to know how to convey that beer to people because you're, you're either going to deal with a very experienced palate or a very new palate uh, if you come into Bascule Brewery you'll notice on our on our on our on our board um, our selection board uh, the flavor profiles I sometimes I'll be writing the flavor profile on the on the chalkboard and I'll turn to whoever's at the bar what are you tasting right now yeah I want that honest feedback if you tell me it tastes like leather and and chewed bubblegum I want to put that on the board because if, if a person drinking the beer expects to taste it they're not going to be as as put off by it if it's something they weren't you know uh, if, if, if it's something they weren't expecting right and to tell a story i i was at a, a beer event and there was all these different breweries and nation nationwide breweries and stuff <clears throat> i won't drop any names but my buddy goes up to one of these booths and he this is a brewery that did all ipas mm-hmm. and and main they had five different ipas available for tr- for sampling my buddy goes up asks the the rep that's there he goes what's the difference in in all these and the guy looks at him and goes they're brewed differently 
and then goes back to his buddy and starts Ooh, talking to him. So pretentious. And at that point, my buddy never bought from that brewery again. Right. And it all goes back to feeling like you're a part of it. And so to speak to that, on the brewery side or maybe even that bartender side, you know, yeah, he lost a sale. In his mind, he might be thinking, well, what do I care? It's one sale. Right. However, he's not thinking about all the good things that could have come from a good experience, a good exchange right there. Absolutely. And it's just, it goes back to what you guys do here about how you inform your customer base and you make sure that they are as informed as they can be about what they're drinking, where it comes from, and and what the flavors are that are going to be there. Absolutely. But, you know, I I always tell people when they come in here, I would would say almost maybe 70% of the people that come in here will say, I'm not a beer drinker. I've never had craft beer before. I'm not, or I'm sorry, what's the quote? I'm no connoisseur. Okay, yeah. I'm no beer expert. I said it's either thumbs up or thumbs down. If if it tastes bad and I didn't do something right. Uh, Right. I don't expect you to be a Cicerone or anything like that. Um, What I'm here to do is to provide you with the best experience you possibly could have, and hopefully we have something you like. Absolutely. Chris, thank you again so much for your time. Uh, Tune in next week for the grand finale here at Bascule Brewery.